Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hi, friends, and welcome to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, Jamie, and welcome to the first episode in the month of June. I hope whatever June looks like for you, that you're excited about what's ahead. I know that I am. My family and I are on vacation this whole month. I'm taking seven weeks off this summer for a sabbatical, and I'm so very, very excited. I'm also excited because this conversation, you're going to love it. Now, if you've been listening for a while, you might remember that Dustin Nickerson, who's a comedian, has been on the show before. In fact, it was last year he was on the show, and now he's back because he has a book coming out uh, really next week. So you can get this. You can pre-order this book now. I read the book. Uh, it is called uh, How to Be Married to Melissa. A hilarious guide to a happier, one-of-a-kind marriage. And Dustin cracks me up, but he's also a really great person. He's not just funny. He's he's deep and insightful, and he loves the Lord, and he loves his wife, Melissa. Well, we're in for a treat because Melissa came with him for this interview, which is super excited. So both of them are on the show today. You're going to be uh, super, super encouraged by our conversation. And again, it's not a marriage book because he wrote a book about how to be married to Melissa. So we talk about that in here. Friends, I want to tell you, if you have been a happy hour listener for a long time, you're going to be super excited about what we are announcing on our 500th episode. And yes, friends, our 500th episode is on Friday. I cannot even believe it. 500 episodes. H- how do we even get there? But we are there. And so I'm super excited uh, for uh, that episode. I hope you come back on Friday. We have a big announcement. You're going to love it. All right, my friends, here is my conversation with Dustin and Melissa Nickerson. Dustin and Melissa, welcome to the happy hour. Thank hey you. Okay, so Dustin, you've been here before. Uh huh. It's your second time. Uh huh. You got the green couch that I sent you. <laughs> I got the couch between that you the sent last me. time that we we're here. This um, is really nice. But you brought your your better. I I said I'm sorry. Your better half. I mean, clearly, I think that. It, yeah, I mean, it, you have to make it. I think maybe eight words into the book before that's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, we put her on the cover for a reason. Uh, she does the podcast with me for a reason. Absolutely, better have that's. Uh, that's I'm not so happy to be here. Well, welcome to your first time. Thank you. Yeah. What I love so much about second time guests is you guys showed up, and I was getting stuff ready in the room. And next thing I know, like Dustin's just in the fridge getting drinks. And I thought to myself, this is exactly how I want our right. office to be. You're, you're just like, you come here once, mm-hmm. I'll get your own, I'll get a drink for you. The first time I came, mm-hmm. she actually made me bring drinks to the fridge. <laughs> it's a, a total different thing when you come New the first game. time. No, they sent me a, a list of requests. Uh, like I had to run mm-hmm. by the grocery store mm-hmm. on my way here. Yeah. It's it wasn't nice even fridge. for the pot, it's it was nice for space. their house. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. For, yeah. Um, In all seriousness, thank you guys for coming to Austin and coming on the show. Yeah. really exciing. Thanks for having us. Okay, so last time you were here, Dustin, Mm -hmm. um, uh, we were in the same office space. Lindsay was in here. And all I remember, not all I remember, but the Uh thing I remember most about the show was I laughed the whole time. And I thought, I can't wait for some people to hear some of your jokes about COVID and Texas and all the things. Mm -hmm. And it was the best thing in the entire world. I loved it (laughs) so, so much. And then Aaron and I went to a show of yours here in Uh Austin. You killed it. Thank you. As we knew that you would. It's very kind. Thank you. You're very welcome. And um, when you told us that you were coming back in, I was like, you have to bring your wife. And so afterwards, we're going to go hang out, the four of us. 
I'm so looking forward. One of the things that mm-hmm. I like about Texas, um, though I don't particularly enjoy being here when I'm here, what I like about Texas is that you have a great sense of humor about yourself. There are many uh, arrogant states. Texas. Tell maybe, me one of them. I mean, this is maybe the most. Uh, <laughs> Texas, uh, New York, uh-huh. Florida. I, we might have talked about this. Florida's having a lot going on yeah, right now. Yeah, we might have talked about this matter before. Before <laughs> they're like America's a big family with four loud kids: New York, Texas, California, and Florida. It, that's the four. They're always making noise. Nebraska's a nice, quiet kid <laughs> that nobody. But it's but Texas has a good sense of humor about themselves. They'll, what about Washington, and, where you guys are from? Yeah, I mean Washington's a a great state. Uh, it's nerdy. It's nerdy. It's nerdy. Artsy. There's no yeah. there's no uh, yeah. si- there's no small city in the world that's changed the world more than the city of Seattle. As far as if yeah. you think about the companies yeah. that have come there, Microsoft, Boeing, uh, Starbucks, and then you think Amazon. about musicians, yeah. Amazon's from there. Mm, you wow. think about music. All that's from. A tiny little seat. But I, it's so funny. I made this joke on the drive here. All you need to know about how small Seattle was is when I was a kid, like if Will Smith came to Seattle, it would be in the news. Right. It would be like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh, Will yeah. Smith's in Seattle. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. they kind of still have like an Omaha vibe yeah. to them. But Texas, um, you laugh at yourselves. You realize um, you, you, how ridiculous you, you realize how you know, ridiculous you are. you are and you're willing to laugh about it, which now, I like. Now, um, I... I love that you see that in us. And, you know, I'm a born and raised Texas my whole life, which yeah. also we like to say that if we are. We yeah. like to let everyone know that we've yes. been here forever. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but have you been, I, I always get myself in trouble with this, but have you been to Dallas? Have you spent time in Dallas? I have, yeah. And you've spent time in Austin. Mm-hmm. Please tell me which one's more, which one's your favorite. Oh, I like Dallas way more. Are you kidding me, yeah. Justin? Justin? I do. He I has I, to be lying. Yeah, no, no, I like she Dallas way up. more. I like Dallas <laughs> way more because it, Austin, this is this can't even be true. I don't like any city that likes itself. <laughs> oh my gosh. And nobody <laughs> thinks they're cooler than Austin. But we are Aust- cool. Austin's the most overrated city in America. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, Dustin. And, and I like Austin. Let me be clear. I like Austin. Austin is fine. It's got stuff to do, but it can never live up to the hype that it's given itself. Okay, well, I have a couple questions. Austin is Listen, Melissa. Austin is what Texas thinks a cool city is. This Texas is Austin. Is, is, Texas is like, we've got Austin. That's all we have. Exactly. <laughs> Austin is Texas cool. Okay, but so for us are, Texans. There are 40 Austins in America. It's not as unique okay, and cool as it is. Okay, for us Texans, yeah. Austin is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Last weekend, I was in Dallas. Went to the Coldplay concert. We walked into a bar and they asked the person we were with to take their hat off. We're like, they don't do that in like their ball cap. Yeah. I'm like, we're from Austin. We don't take our ball caps off. We wear them all the time. Then in Dallas, I was at another bar. I guess we just go to bars. I don't know. But I'm at another (laughs) bar and I order a drink and the guy says, yeah, but you need to spit your gum out first. Like I was like seven. That's very stuffy. That's what I think, Melissa. That's what we think about Dallas. And I... I have a friend that went to UT and she calls Dallas like a parking lot. Yeah. Keep going, keep you know, going. And like a, just flat uh-huh. and then kind of like LA where it's very plastic. Mm-hmm. You know, like the plastic surgery. No, I, 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 that, I like Dallas because, uh, <laughs> this is an old joke I used to do, I like Dallas because my favorite color is cement. Oh, they, There's there just it nothing. It's yeah. it really, but I guess what I like is Dallas is not as full of itself as, as Austin in my Austin is just, it's a cool kid that it's knows it's a cool kid. Though. I, I feel like this interview has just started off on, on <laughs> <laughs> Well, you have to Welcome sell to Dustin our city. on Austin. I know. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna send y'all to a restaurant tonight that's gonna sell you on it. Great. It's really, really good. Um, okay, but but the reason that you're here, um, <laughs> I'm having last year to crap on Austin. Austin. I okay. that's like why you, I'm Dustin. here. <laughs> <laughs> Although and for you the guys... record, we are not in Austin right now. <laughs> guys... Melissa, Melissa said on the drive here, she's like, "Are we driving to San Antonio right now?" We <laughs> <I> are. <know. laughs> we're a little bit outside of the city, but it's we love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because we're not in the city, and Austin's crazy with traffic. Yeah, Austin's mm-hmm. uh, Austin is uh, it, it's outgrown itself, yeah, right? We have, yeah, yeah we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys are in San Diego. We are in San Diego. So I think that people have are like that's like everyone says that we're having a good weather day. It's like a San Diego day for one day of the entire year, right? Because mm-hmm. you guys have the best. Absolutely, you were out. Um, yeah, a couple, couple months ago, I went to Bob Goff's. Retreat Center? Retreat Center, thank you. Yeah. The Oaks. Yeah. I follow them. you quite a bit. Thank you, yeah. there I was. And then I stayed at... <laughs> the Dell. The Dell. Which, yes. I hope I don't make anyone mad when I say this. It was very, 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 very expensive. Yes. Yeah. And I did not think it was worth what I paid to sit in a chair on that beach. <laughs> because even though you have a room at that hotel that you paid way too much money for, oh, yeah. you then have to pay to get a chair to sit on the beach. No, I'm not talking $5. Oh, I'm talking multiple $10 bills to get a, a chair on that beach. And I thought, I just, I have a room key here. Right. Do I not get yeah. a chair? No, you don't no. get a chair. So there's my complaint. That's like about. in Vegas where they charge you for shade. Like if you want to sit yes. by the pool in Vegas and no. have some shade, you no. have to, they're like, okay, well, for you, they'll charge you for an umbrella seat. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you will die in Vegas it's so hot yeah. in the summer and they will not give you any shade there's a funny thing about the Dell though it's like you you are getting there you're like this is our private beach and then you like look 50 yards <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. right and you're like well it's free right there <laughs> exactly it's the same beach the exact same beach yeah. I could have just gone right over there there's just sat. a rope or something yeah, right. I know I bet I could have even got about... Johnny to bring me food from their place yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're like is... Marilyn Monroe shot a movie here <laughs> right the Reagans came here yeah, there's yes. a picture this is one of my favorite things because we we, I mean, we've never stayed there, but we we went there this last Christmas because we they have Christmas, Christmas lights and like stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, finding them. anyone yeah. in California that celebrates Jesus is hard to find. So we we got <laughs> we there. have a lot here in Texas, <laughs> yeah, by yeah, the way, yeah, <laughs> not in Austin. <laughs> uh, the uh, so, anyways, we go through it. Uh, did you go through the hallway where there's all the pictures of the famous people that like have the stayed there? The black and white. Uh, no, I was not there for that long either, which is maybe why okay. I was a little frustrated with how sure. much money I spent, and yeah. I only was there for like twelve hours. Yeah, but carry on. Yeah. Well, and also like Coronado, where it's at, is like kind of sleepy. Yeah, it's a sleepy island. Uh, mm-hmm. But the there's a picture of the Reagan family, um, and, on the beach, and, right? the, and the, well, on the beach, and one of the nicest hotels in the country, and one of the most desirable cities in America, and the the happy married couple, and the apathy, and the disdain, and the borderline <laughs> eye rolling of the teenage daughter is so on the nose just that like it doesn't matter you can be a former stance. hollywood star yeah. turn president of the united states and do the best vacations in the world and your teenage kid is not impressed you guys this <laughs> is good news for all of us because we think our kids are the only ones yes that's yeah. A, yeah, exactly yes mm-hmm. i felt good it felt really like you want to like scene yeah oh man <laughs> that's one they... of my favorite things to do is walk around and see teenagers be disappointed in the family vacation it's hilarious it's every every major city you, you go don't have the... to look far uh, no you don't have to look far <laughs> nope i wanted to bring a friend <laughs> this is so 
so dumb. <laughs> We're the Eiffel Tower. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> can we get ice cream? Exactly. Can we get ice cream? Yeah. So can I get a snack at the gas station? Oh, my gosh. That's their only love language. Yeah, I know. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, you guys, the reason you're here is because we're talking about marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super exciting. Yeah. And um, uh, you guys, is it? I, I, it's, this is Dustin's book. It is. I keep saying you guys have a book coming well, out because mostly you're on the little, cover. I have some little. Uh, you have a lot POVs. of little POVs. Uh huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, but he wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wrote it. During it's an R project. COVID. Though, you worked on it together. She mm-hmm. was in it every step of the way as so far as the writing the book process goes, and certainly the inspiration behind it. Mm-hmm. She's on the cover. She has a POV, POV or stuff in it. She I read was, it so many times. And yeah. she was also had mm-hmm. the final word on what goes in and what comes out. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be for the... Uh, what well, came out that, you, that it's not in here that you can tell us anything? Well, we did think of things that we could have thrown in there, yeah. right? Yeah. Like after you published. Uh-huh. Um, we chose to take... Uh, maybe you had this experience as well. There were some family stories yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that for the good of that family member, yep. we decided to take yep. out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or you... sometimes, uh, I do this on the podcast. I don't know if you guys do this or, or not, but sometimes when I'm telling a story about one of my kids, and I have four, you guys have yes. three. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, there's a lot of options. There's a few options here. I will sometimes change the date or the time or the season or whatever. Yeah. Like if, yeah. if, if like my kid did something yesterday that I think I want to tell a funny story about, I'll be like, so a year ago, <laughs> this child. <laughs> it wasn't about you. I know. It wasn't about so you. So they never know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. there's things like that that you always take back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. The book there was called- also stuff that the editor took out, so. Oh, yeah, she's like editor. Sad, uh huh. <laughs> a lot. Too yeah. sad. There was some. Yeah, there were a couple. She's notes. like, oh, Dustin. There was some, real. Yeah. <laughs> Did she say like talk to a therapist or something? No, or? no, that's a given. Though. That's yeah. There, that's in there. That was implied. But there were, you know, there. You know, when you write something, you don't know how others perceive it, mm-hmm. and. um There's like, and there, there are jokes that I do on stage. Yeah. That you're like, oh yeah, I guess that works in a comedy club. <laughs> but, not but they're like, like a little we're like, hey, this is a comedy marriage, yeah. faith adjacent book. Uh-huh. Maybe take out the stuff about your friend having the foot fetish. Maybe take that <laughs> out of the book. Yeah, that one and got like, taken oh, out. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay, got it, got it. <laughs> no tid, thank you. <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, mm-hmm. so the book is called How to Be Married to Melissa: A Hilarious Guide to a Happier, One of a Kind Marriage. Okay, I want to start here. One of the things you said in here at the very beginning was you said when you guys got married, lots of advice, lots of books, and there are a thousand marriage books. In fact, Aaron and I wrote a marriage yeah, book. It's the yeah, only one that's helped us. Compliment. <laughs> Compliment is the only <laughs> I spent a lot of that book trashing on marriage books. It, none of it applies to compliment. I was not offended <laughs> in the least. I'll tell you that much. But you can see, it was a good hook. I liked right? it. I liked it. But the whole thing that I love about what you said about marriage books is that um, you said, and I, I'll probably butcher it here, you said something like, all of these books are great, but they're don't apply to you. like you have your specific marriage that you have mm-hmm. with your specific baggage that you're bringing with your specific personalities with all of these things and so my biggest loaded question dustin mm. for you author of the book is what is what is like the key to a successful marriage because none of these books can tell us because no one's married to melissa yeah Only you are and i really loved thinking about that because it mm. made me think about my own marriage and i'm like 
no one's married to Aaron, only me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. for someone to look from the outside and be like, if you do these three things, you'll have a successful marriage. Right. But mm-hmm. what if like we need four or the second one doesn't even apply to us right, because right. it's not a part of our relationship. So in your brain, like what does it mean to have a successful marriage? To Melissa. To Melissa. To Melissa, because I can't speak for any other one. I know that the most important thing in our marriage is for me is that Melissa's like greatest desire all the time is to feel understood. Mm. That's what she wants more than anything on any issue. To a a, a fault sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And in my better moments, you know, maybe twice a day, I go, hey, put my pride aside right Uh now. Melissa's, she's, yeah, she is being mean to you right now, but she just wants to be understood. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, she is stressed or uh distant or mm-hmm. zoning out or whatever it may be th- th- i'm just saying the moments yeah. of conflict yeah. you know mm-hmm. that uh you know you just uh you just want to feel understood which is impossible by the way that you can't right. you can't change the way somebody feels Absolutely. but i know that that's what you're longing for usually you know what's at the core of what's happening right. usually what is it for mm-hmm. dustin i think you want to feel like loved and seen like so like if you're trying to hug me and i push away and you're like that really hurts me and i was like but i gotta grab this it, it you know that right. really hurts you the push away yeah. so i know i gotta keep that in mind yeah yep we i think we even talk about uh in that um in there and we've made this joke a million times too like one of the books that people was hand or people were handing around back in the day was like love and respect which mm-hmm. i've never read uh but they're like men want respect and women want love and i'm like well i want to be loved too who doesn't want to be loved <laughs> That's the whole thing with all of those books, too. Yeah. Is like saying like, oh, you know, men are, what do they say? Like men are from Mars, Mars women yeah. are from Venus. Or mm-hmm. even when you start talking about like sex and stuff, they're like, oh, men just need sex. Like there's some kind of animal <laughs> yeah. that can't even control You got to give it yes. to them. You got to be ready at <laughs> yes. all times. Be ready at all times. <laughs> women hate sex. Only guys right. need it. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like all those things are <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> They're so like just stereotypes that so are often aren't yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the five love languages, another one. Yeah. yeah. Do you know your mm-hmm. love language? I think I do. I think I'm acts of service. Okay. Are you affirmation? I like them all. You want, all, you want all five. Uh, there's no one that I like but more not, than I really the other. I really don't want acts of service. I want to be understood. Mm, that's, that's, that's not that's one not, of them. That's, that's exactly it. So <laughs> that, you, don't you gotta a, pick one. You don't get a love language. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I remember when I read that love language book um, and my highest one is physical touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you usually like, oh, that's all the yeah. guys, physical touch. Yeah. And I'm like, no, so I'm- So you're a man. So I'm a man. Yeah, like, yeah. But it was just this whole moment of like not understanding. I do want to tell you guys this, speaking of marriage books, so I grew up in church, but didn't start following Jesus until I was 21. When I started following Jesus, and I had been having sex since I was 16. So mm-hmm. I was totally kissed. I, I I did kiss dating goodbye. That was called kiss dating yeah, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, read that one. True Love Waits. Do you remember that True Love Waits? movement? Yes, where you sign the card. Yes. Yeah, I signed mm-hmm. all the cards and had all the sex. Baptist. Like, <laughs> ba- Southern yeah. Baptist, all I the things. I had a couple years. Christianity is so embarrassing. <laughs> I had a couple years in Texas. American so, yes. church is You so did it when you were in Texas. <laughs> I lived right on the Oklahoma border in True so Love Waits, north of yeah. Dallas. Yeah, yep, in the nineties. Yeah, that was like our, it was our prime like 
purity culture movement was the 90s. So I did all that. But my very first book that I read as a believer was something by Elizabeth Elliot. And the second one was I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Mm. And I had like been living like the hellions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I Kissed Dating Goodbye was just like, oh, you're really, really, there's something wrong with you. Mm. It made me think a lot, Dustin, you talking here in the chapter, you don't name your chapters these things, but you're talking about sex. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You talking about pornography, yeah. And um, in the ch- in this in the book, when you're talking about it, you realize like you became a Christian after the first time you started looking at at porn. Oh, like five years yeah. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you said, uh, I wrote down in here. You said at the time the rules for Christian teenagers were simple: guys don't look at porn, girls don't look like porn, and guys and girls don't do porn. Then we're good. <laughs> And it got me thinking, I would love to hear from you guys about talking with your kids about sex because uh, mm-hmm. you guys have three kids. One of them's a teenager. Or, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. 15, almost 15, almost 13 and eight. You're, they, they already know about sex. So there yeah. we are. Mm-hmm. But I have an 18 year old and just last night um, I had like 10 minutes alone with him in the car and I just, he was in a good mood and I was like, oh, we're, we're driving to the gas station because they want snacks. Right. Yeah. I'm serious. We were working outside <laughs> they and they about. said, mom, will you go get me a Gatorade? Yeah. I just want some snacks. I was yep. like. Okay, I'm going to love you well, but drive to the gas station to buy you a Gatorade. Anyhow, my oldest comes with me, and I said to him, I said, hey, I just want to check in because he's got a girlfriend. Was this a launching point from when he had seen you naked (laughs) a couple days before? That show did not, that story has not come to the show. I'll just leave that out out there for everyone to imagine. Uh, No, but I said to him, I said, hey, I just want to remind you, man, I I know you and his girlfriend, I won't say her name because she didn't ask for this life that we have here. Right, right, right. I said, I said, she better not hurt him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I said to him, I said, hey, I want you to know, like, my greatest desire is for you and your girlfriend to, like, have a pure relationship, all the things. But, man, buddy, what I really want from you is I want you to have a pure heart. I want you to have a pure mind. I want you to have a pure soul. Like, I want you to love Jesus. And I told him, I was like, man, if something were to happen, like, if you guys were to have sex or mess up, it's not the end of the world. We love you. And you're going to be okay. And we'll figure it out. Because when I was growing up in that purity culture, like yeah. you spent a little mm-hmm. bit of time in, mm-hmm. it literally was just don't do this. And that's the bottom line. Like right. no one's asking mm-hmm. about your heart. Full stop. No one's asking Full about stop. What, mm-hmm. nothing. And so how do you guys, as parents of teenagers, I got a lot of listeners who are parents of teenagers. How are you mm-hmm. guys dealing with sex conversations with your kids? Mostly shame. <laughs> <laughs> just mostly if you do this. Uh, God and us don't love you anymore. You have a no home here on earth or in heaven. You have done the the one sin that is yeah. unforgivable. Yeah, this is the only sin God has ever cared about is is sex before marriage. There he doesn't care about any of them. And none of these rules applied in the Old Testament, by the way, but they apply to you right now in 21st century American Christianity. Um, you want to lead on that one or you want me to? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> It's it it changes right because like you there were good resources when they were younger because there are questions where do babies come from you know and what was that old book that there was one that had this really good thing where like babies yeah take a little bit of mom and a little bit of dad yeah. and a baby happens mm-hmm. and you're like great okay that's all they need to know yeah. from the, but you do it's like you said like uh, you know the amount of content whether it's not even internet content, just friend content Mm -hmm. that they're hearing and consuming will outweigh everything that you could have ever said. You know, it is scary, but I also, you know, we lived it and and you're like, I can survive this. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our conversations are um, 
very similar to one we just had with a friend that'll save. Like, we want you to be safe. Mm-hmm. We want you to think about your future. We want to think about the long-term effects of these things. Yeah. We want to not, and not even really coming at it at a particularly religious mm-hmm. angle, but almost more pragmatic than yeah. anything. Like, we had some friends, we had... Um, uh, coffee with some friends on on Mother's Day because that's the day I actually have off. Yeah, I was and like, do you want to do Mother's Day or Memorial Day? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. they were telling us about like they said to their daughter about like vaping, mm-hmm. and they said like just be smart. Mm-hmm. We're not going to like hate you mm-hmm. if you do this. We don't think you should. We wish you would be smart. Yeah, think through that. This mm-hmm. and I think that that's. I mean, we know for goodness sakes. I mean, not like. The, the people who wrote those books don't believe that stuff anymore. Mm. And, you know, like yeah. you've seen the fruit or yep. lack thereof from mm-hmm. what we were given, mm-hmm. especially you two who were in it in yeah. it where I was yeah. a yeah. later mm-hmm. adopter. So I think that's been a little more of our approach of, and obviously you kind of speak a little more candidly and a little more frankly yeah. as they get older, you know. Yeah, I mean, our kids were home for like 13 months. Yeah. So we're just kind of adjusting to mm-hmm. like back in school and yeah. they just got masks off. So in some senses, we're a little delayed, mm. even just developmentally. Yeah. You know, like um, our son's a freshman in high school, and he's just like the little fish in the big yeah. pond. And um, so you want your kids to be confident, yeah. right? Yeah. And you want them to like date, yeah. you know, and like practice like what dating should look like and like respecting, yeah. you know, uh-huh. your date and all that. And But we have not quite gotten there yet. We're still... Like, yeah. oh, is your friend group going to homecoming? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. We'll go yeah. buy you a little suit exactly. or, yeah. exactly. you know, like yeah. give a little nudge yeah. to get out there a more, little bit. More so than sex, I have talked to uh, our son about porn. And, yeah. And that's been very frank, mm-hmm. like, where I've, I've said, we say a lot, like, I use the metaphor, like, your brain is a lot like your stomach, like, what you put into yeah. it. Is, you got to put healthy stuff mm-hmm. into it. And that was a conversation we had last week where, you know, like we, there wasn't, it wasn't even really porn, but something kind of, you know, the internet's always like, you know, like, uh, and where I just said like, you know, that's not going to put you any place that you want to yep. be. And yep. that's not going to, mm-hmm. that none of that's real. It's fake. Yeah. It's poison. We use mm-hmm. that word a lot, like, yeah. especially at your age, yeah. like this is not, this is this is this is just like eating a bad meal. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I think it's like well, all of us that are raising teenagers are trying to figure this out, and especially we're bringing all of our own baggage to the table. Right. Like everything mm-hmm. we went through, and we're like, I want to do it differently, but I still want this and all the things, and it's just a hard conversation um, yeah. to have. But I appreciated that so much. Another thing you talk about in your book was balance, and um, a lot of this I related to this a lot as well because Melissa, I'm gonna tell you when my kids were really really little, Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, my husband was on the road. 280 days a year okay yeah when you were in nashville yes yeah this is Mm -hmm. your life yeah this is your life and Mm -hmm. dustin's on the road all the time um you're just staying home watching tv and you know just the life the life doing nothing you're just doing nothing with your day (laughs) mimosas yeah (laughs) chill life yeah Yeah, every hour is happy every hour is happy (laughs) hour um but i appreciated so much dustin the way you approach this about balance because although you have your own personal relationship again this book is about how you're married to melissa which is so fun Mm -hmm. um but then also there's this idea of like, oh, we have to do everything just like everyone else has done it and every marriage has ever done it. And you really talk in your book about how, okay, you're on the road, you're doing comedy, you're on the stage, but like who's actually pulling all the strings behind Dustin? 
Melissa. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just loved it so much, not because it gave me this insight into how your company runs, but even how you have found something to work together with each other. And so I would love to hear from you guys both. A, when did that change and how did that change your marriage dynamic for you guys to work together? Well, I think it started because um, I'm a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. And so when Dustin started doing live performing arts, I was just like so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was like a youth pastor and so he'd be on stage you know, orating, performing. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, because what's cooler than a yeah. youth pastor? <laughs> <laughs> so I just loved being around like the arts. Um, and so that helped me a lot because I think some people who are more like more rigid with their thinking would just be like, why do you have to get on stage? Yeah. And why do you have to leave us at night and uh-huh. go to these weird comedy clubs and uh-huh. stuff? But I like, I loved it immediately. Yeah. Um, now it didn't start with him like working weekends and right. he would just do like local spots yeah. in town. Um, but I think uh, just our gifts have suited each other well. We used to joke when we were teenagers that we could like run a newspaper, uh-huh. you know, because I do all the layout and uh-huh. he could do the writing and um, it didn't work out that way, of course. But um, like, especially with the pandemic, I got on the podcast, yeah. which really scary for me but uh, it's good that's awesome (laughs) pushed me out of my comfort zone and for him to write this book all about us and me i was like i'm so cool behind the stage like like, i'm on the cover looking amazing i think it was very counterintuitive (laughs) to what i thought which was like as this takes off and whatever direction it goes you know as the career and as the business gets bigger my initial thought was like oh well melissa will do less and we'll hire staff. Yeah, and it's actually not what we Freelance wanted. It, it's it's yeah. so much better. I mean, for the business, for one, because we can do it together and fast yeah. and communicate quickly and work with each other. Um, but also just relationally, because we're doing a thing together. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. not my business mm-hmm. or my dream or my career. It really is kind of our thing. Yeah. And it's much easier to kind of feel like you're moving in the same direction. And it's easier to share wins together. Like if I call her and be like, hey, we sold out this show. And you're like, that's great. That's great. I'm happy for you, but I'm also happy for the books. (laughs) There you go. Which is like in the marriage book that Aaron and I wrote. We said too about having like a shared, like you're on the same path. Like you do different things, but you're on the same mission. And that's so helpful within a marriage. You, Dustin, you tell a story about you were with an old, an older man who was in the company world like you mm-hmm. and you overheard a conversation with him and his wife on the phone yeah and she said to him all i've done is support you in this dream right right and i think that there can be in i think that was in the same chapter where you talk about like balance mm-hmm. and you ask one of the questions of what are you envious of your spouse and i think that's a conversation that's not talked about enough is like we can be envious of the mm-hmm. person who lives in the same house yeah. with us mm-hmm. and that if that goes untalked about those roots grow real deep. And then, like you talked about in the fight chapter, it's like a glass of water then turns into the biggest fight you've ever right, had in your right, entire life. Right. So I do everything for you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Haven't I done enough? Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. But my question for you is like, what keeps you guys from being envious of each other? Because both of you could tend to go that way of like, man, again, I remember when Aaron used to travel a lot and I used mm-hmm. to think to myself, I'd give anything to sleep in a hotel bed. Like, I'd give anything Silence. to sleep in a hotel bed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now I travel more than Aaron, and I'm like, I want to get home as fast as yeah. I possibly can. Yeah. Because you, mm-hmm. everything looks better on the other side. But what keeps you guys in sync in that area? Well, I have done a lot of road travel with him lately. And so that has been so good. Like, yeah. when we're going city to city to city, like, 
Yeah, we had a run a couple weeks ago where Every we night, took a red eye to, to get to Birmingham. Eye. We drove to Nashville, <laughs> then we drove to Knoxville. And you were, and we were with Taylor, mm-hmm. and uh, you said in the car, you're like, this is really hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I took a red eye once in my entire life, and I had been wanting to be a, I wanted to be the person that was like, guys, I gotta, I'm, I'll be on the red eye. I can like, do I gotta it. take a red eye. Like, I just thought yeah. that sounded so like, I'm something. Just yeah. setting. Red eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did it once in my entire life, and never again. Yeah. I, that's, yeah. It's on the very bottom of the list of things yeah. I want to do. Yeah. It's we brutal. Were, when it's brutal. you book it, you just go, oh, <laughs> no, it's out. all you can think about. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were on a hike recently because we got into hiking lately. I love so that. So fun. Um, and I'm on this hike, and we've got all this stuff going on, and I just said it. Like, it just came to my mind. I was like, I want to be in LA with you tomorrow because you're chatting with all those people that can move and shake you know, our next step in our you career. You wanted to meet Roy Kent. I d- yeah. <laughs> that was and you pretty did. great. Done. Um, but I was just like, we've got family here and there. We can pull this off. I just have to ask, mm-hmm. you know, like and trust that someone can drive our kid here and there. Yeah. And like, for me, it's like, you know, control. I'm like, I've got this house on lock. I can do it all. Like, I don't need help. Yeah. But like, I want to, if I want to be there, I got to say it, yeah. right. realize I want to be there right. and then make it happen. Yeah. We can work together on that. Yeah. I'd add to that too, that that it kind of ties into the first one of like the shared goal mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I'm thinking about like things that you're envious of. One thing that I've always been envious of you is like you can do anything and it's very frustrating to me. Uh, very annoying. Like anything, you can learn anything. <laughs> Melissa, Melissa, like we used to, you know, she's still, she's an art teacher at this rec center and I used to work at that rec center too. And she, one day they were like, hey, Melissa, do you want to start teaching group exercise classes? And she just did it. She just became a group exercise instructor. <laughs> I was like, that's very annoying to right. me. You just like learn how to fix stuff. You know, like you learn how to do the books. You yeah. learn, you know, it, it's, it's very frustrating. But now we have a shared goal and I'm like, oh no, this is actually very good for all of us. <laughs> yeah, this mutually is, beneficial. This is mutually beneficial <laughs> yeah. for all. So if you were like envious of the stage or something like that, which I don't think you are, no, I'm not. but maybe that might be the more public or the travel or seeing yeah. the things there is a mindset of where you just go, like this is for the same goal that yeah. we're working towards, yeah. which helps, you know? Yeah, it yeah. does help. And I think it still can be so very hard, um, especially yeah. I remember, I don't know if you guys were living this life when your kids were super younger, but when my kids were really little, it really, I, I'll admit I was very envious of Aaron because I just mm-hmm. felt like I have to stay home and take care of these kids 24 seven. Right. Yeah, and, and they, they give to, me nothing. They give me nothing. All they want is snacks all day. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you know, traveling to a hotel. But it wasn't until I kind of relieved some of that pressure off my plate as well that I could be really supportive of him. Speaking of kids, you guys, I read this article just this morning that a woman was writing like a, a an opinion piece about how she found out that one of her girlfriends flies business class and puts her kids in the back in economy. And she was <laughs> so, she couldn't believe her friend would do that. Yeah. Would you do it? Oh my gosh, um, I, I expected you guys to be like, yes. I wanted your answer. <laughs> no, I know you wouldn't because you are so worried about everybody else on that plane. Oh, Dustin, you're so and nice. he's not comfortable unless everyone's comfortable. Melissa, what would you do? Um, No, I'd slum it in the back with guys, them. Guys, I, <laughs> I might not even be a Christian here. <laughs> you're really looking for some affirmation. <laughs> you're to like, your, can I do it? To your crappy parents. 
God, can I do it? Yeah. Done it. I get it. Now I my get kids it. are big. I got an 18 year old. Listen, I'm sorry yeah. you didn't get on the upgrade list, dude. You're, yeah. you're back uh, in 32. Oh, yeah. So you're older, like, oh, I got upgraded. Kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all my kids are 14 and up. Yeah, yeah. An They're older fine. kid yeah. for sure. I'm not going to leave my eight year old back. No, no, there. me neither. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> no, we, my son got upgraded with me one time. We, we were flying back from a gig and he, he did a weekend with me. And we're in the Midwest and we came back and. It got like too bougie for him because we got upgraded on both flights and we had gone to like the lounges because it's mm-hmm. like I have some passes yeah. and you can come in here. And it like we, we had one moment where we were landing back in San Diego and I looked at him, he was on his phone, he was watching The Office on these two screens and he had like snacks, all, snacks all over the place. And I was like, you're a monster. <laughs> and then we landed and we Never were come home. Back from this. And he goes, can we go to the lounge here in San Diego? I go, we're home. <laughs> no, absolutely not. So but that does remind me, Shaq had a, did you see this, yep. um, the quote he had where yes. he was like, <laughs> he said, like, I tell my kids, like, they can have, like, loans after they get their master's degree. He goes, like, we're not rich. I'm rich. <laughs> I love when he said that. Because Shaquille O'Neal has a few bucks in his uh, in his bank. Yeah, like, exactly. You're, you didn't do any of this basketball playing or Papa John's. You own Papa yeah. John's? Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Shaq does yeah. every commercial. Shaq does everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the general. There's a general one, I think. Yeah, I there know. is. Well, I will confess to the world and to you guys, I am a very bougie flyer. Yes. I just... Good. I, I, I like the it's clubs. totally fine. Oh, the clubs are yeah. unbelievable. I yeah. like the upgrades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like literally two days before an event, when you get that email, I, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm happier than when I saw Aaron for the day. I mean, I'm just <laughs> like, well, you get to see Aaron more often when <laughs> you get the free upgrade. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Oh, that's Does a total it, Doesn't cause it road biscuits. Oh, yeah. If you get, if there's anything on the road that, you know, just saves time or gives you a little happiness... Like a biscuit. Yeah. You got to take it. Sometimes you just have to buy a biscuit on you the road take to it. make yourself yeah. feel happy. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, kids. kids. This is what you wrote. How do I, this makes me not want to have kids. What I'm about to read out loud to you guys. <laughs> okay. You ready? You're a little late. <laughs> Way late. You have some kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm more likely to have, have grandkids in the next f- four years. Yeah. That's crazy to think okay. about. You said this. Having children is the most is the single most significant change in a marital dynamic. True. You got another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, overwhelmingly, a having very kids... very needy person. Yes. Overwhelmingly, having kids leads to stress, less satisfaction in couples. They're also expensive, costing almost $250,000 from birth to age 18. So, statistically... Not worth it. Bad investment, by the way. No, <laughs> no return. <laughs> I wish you could get a Goodwill version. <laughs> so, statistically, children will increase your tension and decrease your savings. They will make you angry, tired, and irritable. They will decrease closeness with your spouse and pull you away from important hobbies and friendships you no longer have time and energy for. Hey, guys, yeah, want to have some kids? It, it's, this book is hilarious. <laughs> It's a comedy marriage. <laughs> okay, so kids, they are all of those things. I yeah. No mm-hmm. one's disputing that. Yeah. They're also amazing and yeah. lovely. That's not the whole chapter. That's not the whole chapter. <laughs> it's one paragraph. But I do want to ask you this, having three kids, um, how do you keep that spark alive in your marriage with three kids? Because I wish I would have quoted how you said, like, I think it was in the sex chapter, when you said, uh, when you have kids, you're too tired when they're younger and you don't have enough time when they're older. Right, that, right. That, so mm-hmm. I tell all my friends, if they have younger kids, like, I'm so tired, I don't want to have sex. I'm like, you better you do it now. Because when you got an eighteen-year-old and a seventeen-year-old, and a, they never go to bed, first yeah. of all, mm-hmm. yeah, they literally mm-hmm. don't sleep. Yeah, they show up in your room. Yeah, like all that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. take your time. So, this is a bit that I do on stage, by the way. This is the there is well, I tell mean, me, just, yeah, go for that's it. That's the thing where like mm-hmm. you're 
you, that stuff happens late at night and your kids are like, can I stay up late? And you're like, I mean, you could, <laughs> but I wouldn't recommend it because the fan can only get so loud, you know, like you should retreat to your quarters, you know. Or else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you were saying earlier, like, this, I warned you. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is your fault. Yeah. You know, you were up past the time that I sent you to bed. Yeah. That only gets worse, like you said. Because yeah. mm-hmm. the majority of nights, I mean, when I was in high school, there wasn't a single night that, I went to bed before my dad. No. Not a single mm-hmm. time. And I remember when my kids were younger, I like declared like, you know what? Because uh, I got in a lot of trouble in high school. I was pretty bad. And my parents were always in bed when I got home. And so mm-hmm. in my mind, I thought I would have been a better kid had my parents waited up for me. Mm. Okay. Because you don't know when you're, when you have little kids, you think you're going to be an awesome parent. Right, but right. you don't know. Yeah. Now <laughs> that I'm parenting teenagers, I can't wait up for them. No. I don't know no. what's happening when they come mm-hmm. home because I'm in bed. Yeah. And so now I look back mm-hmm. and I'm like, mom, I should apologize to my mom. I should be like. I thought if you would have waited up, I wouldn't have done all those bad things. But you're just a mom who's yeah, tired. Yeah. You have time for that. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. had jobs and responsibilities in life. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So in all seriousness, kids can make marriage really hard. They really yeah. can. Absolutely. And, and you listed mm-hmm. this book was all about like stressors that could come into a marriage, whether it's mm-hmm. finances or faith or fighting or all kinds of things, balance. And you have this kid chapter. So what does it look yeah. like for you guys to really like care about your marriage and also parent three kids at the same time? Um, I think, I think we said this, right? Like the importance of like time together and prioritizing time together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have the joke about me being the only one that you picked, like when right. you're talking to the kids, you know, so you got to prioritize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, however, um, however you can make that happen. I mean, we're currently two states away from them or four, <laughs> two time zones away from them at this point. There is an element of where yeah. you just have to go, whatever... Uh, time or financial um, or relational sacrifices mm-hmm. we have to make here. Yeah, we've we done have it to all. Have, you know, you the, know, the weekends and nights and away, the, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because I think that you see in a lot of couples, like when the kid, if you don't do that, you they the kids are gone, and you're like the basis of a relationship yeah. was gone. I feel like genuinely, and I'm very happy about it. We are in the raising kids season of our marriage, mm-hmm. but this is just a season of our marriage. We had a season before this, a pretty short one. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a whole season after it. And if anything, mm-hmm. I spend too much time fantasizing about the season after it. Love the kids. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've been on, I signed up for you, yeah. like by choice, like mm-hmm. for the lifetime yeah. of it all. We're yeah. on the, uh, we, you and I are on the life together yeah. plan. Yeah. So it is like, I do make fun of things like date nights and stuff, but the principle of a date night is correct, yeah. which is you are scheduling a thing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, yeah. mm-hmm. cause you schedule your job, you schedule your appointments, you schedule your haircuts, you Work schedule this thing, you schedule, yeah. if you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't put these things yeah. on the books, they just straight up don't happen, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. we talk about, I mean, we were what, we had our son in 2007, like when the market crashed mm-hmm. and we had a home and we are a ministry family. We've always had good time. <laughs> <We've> always, <laughs> we just yeah. kill it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that worked Film out really well. Yeah. that comedy that. special mm-hmm. uh-huh. during the so, pandemic. <laughs> always made good timing choices you know there's always going to be like well we don't have the money for mm-hmm. a sitter we don't have the money for a restaurant yeah. um we went to coffee shops and thrift stores mm-hmm. that's what we yeah. did on our dates yeah. because we, we needed clothes mm-hmm. we, we played yahtzee. <laughs> and we were tired yeah, yeah. we yeah. played yahtzee in mm-hmm. so many coffee shops yeah. for years Mm-hmm. just to hang it was out like a $10 and talk. Date. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I hated going on walks. Yep. So I was like, I'll go play <laughs> I know Yahtzee. I used to Yahtzee. not like hike or walk yeah. with me, but so co- coffee and, and then he has ADHD too. So we had to like Do figure something. that yeah. out. Yeah. How can we feel connected? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. you guys got married really young. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron and I were married at like 23, which I mean, super young. Yeah, by te- all no, but by Texas church standard, <laughs> late bloomer. We were late bloomers. What took so long? I know. <laughs> you know. But I always say, and the same is for you as well. If we live to be 80, the average lifespan in America, maybe we'll have more time without our kids. Yeah. In the home mm-hmm. than we did with them. Which, when you're in the middle of raising kids, that feels yeah. Like that, that kind of being true, it feels yeah. impossible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben Rector has this new album out that I can't stop listening to. It's only the first time I've ever known about him. I know he's super famous. Yeah. I know he has a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. out there. Uh, I'm a new Ben Rector person, yeah. okay? Yeah. Love but on his new album, I love it so much, but he has a song about living his best life. It's called Living My Best Life. All these things, but he talks about with his kids, and his kids are super little. And mm-hmm. we were driving the other day, all the kids were in the car, which is a rare thing with the yeah. big kids. Mm-hmm. We were all together for some yeah. reason. And this song came on, and I looked at Aaron, and I said, you know what I think is funny is I really think our best life is in about five years. And mm-hmm. I didn't mean anything against the kids. I love my kids. But sometimes I do think about in five years, it's just going to be Aaron and I. They're a little more independent. Mm-hmm. A lot more, hopefully, dear hopefully. God. Yeah. We told them, you can stay here as long as, but when you're 21, you got to go. Like, no yeah. one lives here past 21. Okay, you got to go. But in all that sense, like marriage, it is important because in five years, it's just Aaron and I. Yeah. In what, we have 12? Quiet house. 12 yeah. years? Um, 10. 10. 10 years. Well, 10. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which is just a, a, just a I mean, snap. I don't know. We Southern have Gen California. Zers in Southern California. Oh. I assume they're going to live with us forever. <laughs> Not that it's cheap We're in gonna Austin We're going to have to get a ranch. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I was like, I think I just have to get you a house in the back or something. But <laughs> mm. but yeah, no, I, I if anything, I spend too much time thinking about that, <laughs> of just being like, oh, man, there's going to be a day. You're you more guys are out future here. thinking, and I'm like, you're in right, the you're weeds in the moment. Yeah. And you're like, in the past. You're like, I've been doing laundry for a day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm not thinking about whether or not we want a house or a condo in exactly. five years. <laughs> My like weird goal that I tell Aaron about all the time is I want to buy one of those vans that you sleep the in. fancy ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I want to, when the last kid goes away, I want Aaron and I to travel the country for a year. That's so like privileged to say like, oh, we get to travel. But wouldn't that be fun? Like we're just going to go travel the country for a whole year. Yeah. Just the two of us. I love it. Sounds very fun. That's, and that's mm-hmm. a mental biscuit that you need <laughs> yeah. right there. Just to sometimes just get, to get through, through the crazy. Just, you just yep. see that sprinter van yep. right there. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, Dustin, what's on the horizon for you? What's exciting coming up? Both of you guys with Dustin Nickerson comedy. DNC. The DNC. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're proud supporters of the DNC. I, <laughs> I just put that together. That's <laughs> I read that earlier. Yeah. What's on the horizon that's fun and exciting? Uh, well, the book, obviously, June 7th, yeah. How to Be Married to Melissa. That's available. So literally wherever. next week, you guys. Yeah. Incredible. And uh, also thought, hey, you got a book coming out. Let's just plan a ginormous comedy tour as well. So mm-hmm. the seasonal headliner tour is kicking off June 9th. When in you DC. say seasonal headliner tour, that means it is your show. Yes. Yes. So I'm the headliner mm-hmm. on that one. That's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I spent, a, you know, as a comedian, you do like this weird balance of like, Support you know, like, like I was telling you, I'm in mm-hmm. town tonight. I'm just going to go do a spot. I'm eight to 10 minutes of an hour and eight, you know, yeah. hour and 20 minute show. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then like when you saw me, I was opening for another comedian. I was 25, 30 minutes of that show. But, you know, Taylor Tomlinson had sold all those tickets and I was just happened to be there. Uh-huh. This is and that's kind of the joke. That's how we came up with it is you're like, I'm a headliner, but I'm a seasonal headliner. Yeah. So it's pretty much we're running 
June kicking off in D.C., hitting about 30 cities between now and October. And uh, one of those, is that the Austin show you told me about? The Austin will be mm-hmm. September 30th, October okay. 1st, that Friday, Saturday. Yeah, there'll be Austin, Houston, Seattle. Spoke. I mean, there's like there's a ton it's of like cities. like 30 so. cities, yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Con- that's yeah. a congratulations. Yeah, right? thanks. I mean, that's it's, definitely, it's definitely the biggest tour I've ever gone Congratulations. On, so. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think that. I saw the tour date in Austin, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I wonder what time the Texas game is that day. And, and so I hope to be. Oh no! <laughs> well, it's there's four shows over two days, so oh, hopefully perfect. you can squeeze I'll me there. in. <laughs> I'll be there. I know. I did figure. I was like, you know, my I was um, my biggest competition down that Friday will be high school football, right? Exact one hundred percent. Yeah. I know. Welcome to Texas. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Because we do. Greatest have... state on earth. Just <laughs> ask them. Fred and LA. <laughs> okay, and I want to. And then the pod, which Mel's a part of. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can, I mean, obviously people listen to podcasts, you can hear that wherever you listen to podcasts, We've guys. We've got some backseaters listening right now, I'm sure of it. There it mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. I love y'all's videos, too, uh, that you're putting up on Instagram. <laughs> oh, thanks. They're thanks. just my favorite. I'm glad you like them. I yeah. love them so That's much. That's why I like them, because we were a guest-driven pod forever, <laughs> and then the pandemic hit, and then you're like, well, I'm... I'm we're in, here. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what I like it is it's, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you, like... Um, you just get a very different version of me talking to her than you get me talking to I'm a sure. guest. And that's fun because uh, it's just something different. You know, it's much sillier. I'm way goofier, you yeah. know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. A little less mean. Uh, <laughs> 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 Melissa, when I <laughs> was first married to Aaron, and this still happens sometimes, people would ask me, does he sing to you a lot? And I would be like, Okay, he's never sang to me once. And if he starts singing to me, that's really weird. But he's a singer. Yeah. So they'd be like, Does he mm-hmm. just sing to you at night? And I'm like, no, no, we don't do that. Yeah. Do you think Dustin's as funny as everyone else does? I do. Yeah. Oh. I would. That would be hard if I didn't. That would be that. like a bad marriage book if yeah. you're like, I actually bad. think Dustin is. She's like, is- this is bad marriage <laughs> advice and bad, and, and it's not funny. This is um. No, it's a complete blast being married to him. I love it. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. So great. Well, you guys, go get this book. It comes out next week, How to Be Married to Melissa, A Hilarious Guide to a Happier, One-of-A-Kind Marriage, uh, Dustin Nickerson. This book, I read it, super funny, which I really love. Thank you. But Thank you. it's also just story-driven, which is you're not sitting over here trying to be Dr. Marriage Guru. You're no. just trying to say, here's some stories. Melissa and I have been married two decades. Mm-hmm. we got a few. Been th- through some stuff. Been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been through some things. Yeah. Could write a, a whole new one based on everything that's happened since we sent that last one in. Absolutely. <laughs> but we got well, 2020 and you're like, put Aaron Ivy and I under, under, <laughs> under some things. I'll just tell you that much. We could write a whole a thing with you guys. There's a called Insult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 How to be married to Melissa during a pandemic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole, that's the next book. Yes. 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 <laughs> How to be married during a pandemic. It's a little late, but I think we can all use it. You guys, so grateful for you guys coming on and glad you're in Austin. Melissa, so good to meet you. In Thank person. you. It's been so Dustin, great. Dustin, thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us. This hour. is great. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. 
And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Graphics are by Amaya Savoy Easton. The show is edited by Angie Elkins. And I'm your host every week, Jamie Ivey. And goodness gracious, I love being here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend.